What number is this, Chip? Zilch177, Glenn Gretlin joins us as 7A Brings the Summer, and we are joined by tantamount to treason album artist, Wilson McLean. Okay, don't, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. Sure Zilch. Zilch. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Welcome back to Zilch, a podcast full of monkeys and 7A. Later in the show, we will have a special guest stop by, the artist who created the tantamount to treason artwork back in the 70s and today. But first, let's welcome Glenn Gretlin and a bundle of cool stuff to talk about. Welcome back to Zilch, Glenn. Glad to have you back, 7A in the house. Thank you very much. How are you, Ken? I'm doing well today, Glenn. Thank you for asking. It is always great to have you and 7A in the house right here on Zilch. We have been part of every single one of your releases, I think, in some form or another, and this one is no exception. Let's kind of go in chronological order because it was not all that long ago that you put it out that a new version of The Hits Just Keep On Coming was coming out again and i call this one a kind of a a, a deluxe edition yes so the, there's two nesmith albums that have 50th anniversaries uh, this year both released in 1972 and uh one of them is and the hits just keep on coming uh and the other one being tantamount to treason volume one and um the first one coming out will be and the hits just keep on coming it's coming out on the 13th of may on CD and vinyl. I saw your posting of what the actual album and CD looked like, and it is amazing. And there's so much great bonus material on this as well. Mine has arrived. It is beautiful. I love the color of the record itself. It's just amazing, this kind of gold honey, if you will. It's, it's so pretty. I'm going to call it a deluxe edition because of these extra tracks. Oh, thank you. It's... it's um... You know, again, and this goes for both of the albums that they weren't available uh, anywhere in any physical format. They were, they were, um, you know, they were not in print anymore. And we, uh, I thought, this is not right, and let's try and, and put them both out and, and give them a proper reissue for the anniversaries. And in the typical 7A style, we want to make them as special as we can. And we had, in this case, we had Joe Elterio write some amazing liner notes, and the CD comes with a big booklet. It comes with a 28-page big booklet for the and it, it just keep on coming. And it's got bonus tracks and the original reviews as well. The original press reviews from from national newspapers and local new, newspapers, which I think uh, haven't been printed before, are all in the booklet. Yeah. So it, it's um, the uh, the the CD for and it just keep on coming comes with um, four bonus tracks. Um, there's an alternate version of Summer Shelley's Blues and Keep On and Roll With The Flow, and there's an instrumental on there, cantanta and in country and western style. So these these bonus tracks um, have never been on vinyl before, 
So the vinyl version will be the first time they've been issued on vinyl. The only other place that I think they've been, there might have been some on the on the recent Nesbit compilation, but apart from that, they've only ever been you know issued as as digital tracks. But those bonus tracks are actually mixed by Andrew Sandoval. Oh wow! And I sh- and I should really give credit where credit is due. He he mixed those bonus tracks, and yeah, they sound amazing. And it's great to be able to finally have them out on vinyl. Of course, Andrew Sandoval is no stranger to anybody that's listening to this show, and I can't imagine anybody who's listening to this show wondering who Andrew Sandoval is. We love you, Andrew. Uh, it is fantastic. So I, I didn't realize at first that he had been involved in those, and uh, because you know when you license something from Sony, they give you a very basic. They basically give you the masters, uh, you know, a copy of the masters and uh very basic details and you know it, it didn't have andrew anywhere so i, I i'm um I'm, I'm pleased that we discovered that it, it was in fact him that mixed them um because um yeah you, you really have to, and this is why i guess again why a lot of reissues are very basic sometimes because the information given to labels are you know is quite often very basic coming from the majors so uh, unless you got your own unless you do your own research and have your own people really dig into it um it, it, it would have been a very basic reissue but we've done exactly that we've really dug into it we, we've done a lot of research and got some you know great long liner notes and you know lots of pictures many of them haven't been published before um, and we got these bonus tracks as well so really try and, and do it justice for the uh, anniversary uh, now this dropped on may 13th um and it is out you can order it now and the hits just keep on coming. It's out on the 13th of May. The best place to get it from in the U.S. would be Deep Discount, uh, also available on Amazon. And uh, in the U.K., there's a company called Key Mail Order Records, uh, which are uh, probably going to be the fastest and, and cheapest. But apart from that, it will be on Amazon. Uh, and also, and I have to say this because, it's you know, we've been very fortunate that recently we've probably had about 200 fans from japan sign up to our 7a facebook page and this is amazing and it really shows that uh, not just the monkeys but the individual members are still in high regard in japan uh, so so for any japanese fans uh, the album is on amazon japan that's the best place to get it from fantastic we love our fellow fans over in japan they are great and you know that they have a very good presence on the zilch uh, facebook page and I also see that they are listening on Monkey Mania Radio, which is pretty cool. You can actually see what country people are tuning in from. So it's always great to see our Japanese friends. Uh, it is wonderful that we've got this second release, Tantamount to Treason, that is coming out on June 3rd. Let's hear a bit about what the bonus tracks are and what's the album cover going to be like. Yeah, so the original Tantamount to Treason only had nine tracks on it, uh, but our reissue is going to have 14. So yeah, it's got um, it's got five bonus tracks. Uh, but um, well, there's five bonus tracks on the CD version. On the vinyl, we could only fit um, four bonus tracks. So there is an instrumental version uh, of You Are My One, which we couldn't fit on there. But um, if I can run through the five bonus tracks, um, they are Six Days on the Road. Circle Sky, there's an alternate version of Listen to the Band, which is great, a great version. Um, there's an instrumental of Ten My Hide, and then there's the You Are My One instrumental. And again, these bonus tracks have also been mixed by um, Andrew Sandoval. 
who were who also very kindly supplied um all the session details for Santa Monte Treason, which we've included in the in the booklet. And the C D booklet comes with a thirty two page booklet. The C D version comes with a thirty two page booklet and, and the vinyl is in a gatefold sleeve. And this one is gonna be on splatter vinyl. So yeah, re- we're really trying to make it as special as we can. And you know, uh, as a fan myself, I want I want it to be special. You know that that would otherwise it wouldn't be right. Right. It'll look as chaotic on the splatter vinyl as the theme of the actual cover is. So with the world and everything going so crazy and what's coming up. Exactly. Exactly. So the release date for this is June third worldwide, right? So the release date is June the 3rd, June the 3rd worldwide. Um, and again, the same place is deepdiscount.com and, 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 and Amazon would be the best places in the US and um, key mail order records in the UK and Amazon worldwide. Apart from that would be the, the fastest places, although I have noticed that they are available from many other places in the US. If you look around, you know, you've got uh, everywhere from Walmart's website to uh pretty much everywhere all the big ones seems to have it so so they are but they're not necessarily the cheapest the cheapest would be deepdiscount.com i love the fact that you go out of your way whether it be on social media or on this show to stress to fans where they can get the best value and the the best place to get these from well and and one of the reasons being that of course we we are based in the united kingdom and these are all uh, you know they're imports to the states if you like and uh, we want to, to to try and make them as affordable as we can, and um, we get the same we get the same fee. Uh, no matter if people buy them from Deep Discount or Amazon, it doesn't matter to us. But we want people to get the best deal. That's why we keep saying it. You made the mistake, or you on purpose did this, but you you posted a photo of Demo Izel, which is a. <laughs> Nice box set, I'm going to say. It's it's not a, officially a box set, but everything you guys do, it's a box set unto itself in my mind. Whether it was, I mean, you, you go back and look at the Peter Noon CDs, right? That's not just your standard, here's a couple CDs and a case. You guys always take such great care to give us value. You showed the demo I sell, which, you know, it's that's one of those jokes that people don't get sometimes. The, just the yeah, title well, itself, right? Because yeah, Mickey, right. Mickey did it as a joke. Here, these are demos I sell, as yes. opposed to a French word, which he mentions in his liner notes. That's, that's correct. Uh, and it's quite funny to see people, because I really put it on there as a teaser, but also because I was uh, obviously very excited to have uh, re- you know, received an initial box of samples from the plant. Um, but I, I hope to, to be able to get back to you and, you know, maybe do a separate uh, feature on, on that album when, when we have a set release date. Um, Anytime. But it, but it is quite funny to, to see people's reaction because, as, as you mentioned, the CDs are, uh, they are quite thick because we got so much, you know, we got big booklets in there and lots of information. And it's quite funny to see when some people are saying, what are they? Are they eight tracks? Are they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But no, that that seven is bringing CD. back the eight track. It's just a very thick CD. That's that's what it is. <laughs> now, will there be a vinyl version of Demo Icel? There certainly will. I, I think in in this day and age, with the vinyl market, and a lot of people, there's a lot of people that still uh, uh, they only want one version. They might want just the, the LP or just the, the CD. But then there are those it, people like me 
you know, I, I get everything. So, yeah, and I think a lot of people seem to do it. I mean, certainly what we've seen is a lot of people buy both, and that's because one of them comes, you know, on colored vinyl, you know, with a gay full sleeve. And the other one comes, uh, you know, the CD comes with a big booklet, which you don't you don't get with the vinyl. So, well, well, not only that, Glenn. If I was lucky enough to find a Mickey Dolan's or uh, Michael Nesmith album back in 1972 or whatever, you know, like looking at Tantamount's Treason, right? I would have been able to maybe afford it if I would have saved up a month's allowance, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm an adult, and it's like. Damn it! Give me the whole works. <laughs> Let's do this. Well, that's pretty much exactly <laughs> life is short. With, exactly the same with me. Uh, you know, I uh, once you uh, once you become a big older and, and might be able to afford it, you 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 suddenly want to buy everything. Um, but yeah, that, that's a strange thing. But that's that's a true fan for you. That's what a lot of um, real fans do. Yeah, that's that's what a lot of us do. So we've got those three that we can mention is there anything else we can mention or whisper about maybe maybe not maybe not mention but can we whisper about something that might be yeah I, <laughs> well uh, all i can tell you is uh, and i can't give you very much information is that we are working on a davy jones release uh, which will be out um probably just after summer uh, it's going to be a very busy summer by the way i tell you i i hope people are prepared for this it's going to be the, the biggest ever seven a year this is the summer of 7A, and you're bringing the summer. It really is. I think we got releases at least sort of three or four months in a row, more or less, a new release. Um, and uh, I can't tell you about all of them yet, but they are being lined up, and it's made me very busy but also very excited. Uh, there is a David Jones release, and there's probably there's, – yeah, there's going to be a Peter Talk release as well. See, I knew it. I knew it. We can finally whisper out loud. And there's going to there's gonna be something else which I, I can't tell you about yet. But it's going to be after after Dolan Sings Nesmet. It's probably going to be the biggest seven A release ever. Wow! And it's coming and it's coming out very soon. Hmm. And I just received the signed uh, agreement this morning, so I can't I can't tell you yet. But it's going to be revealed very soon. And I'm excited about it because I'm a fan. And it's an al- you know it's something that I it's an album that I've liked. Um, again, it's going to be an expanded reissue, but it's something that I that I've, uh, you know, liked since I was a child, so I'm very excited about it. Well, you know, there's people that are going to scream, why didn't you ask him what it was? Why didn't you guess at what it was? Why didn't you try and knock it loose? I mean, I'm going to just do this, and you don't have to say a word, okay? But I have to do this, all right? You know, Glenn, I'm going to guess that it's Dolan's Jones' voice and heart. And I, I know I'm probably crazy, but that's my guess. I have to give it to you. You're pretty good. You're pretty good. There might well be something coming soon, but I have to get back to you, and I have to. Um, I'd love to come back on your show if you'll have me. Absolutely, absolutely. I can tell you more about it. So you are confirming that it is Dolan Jones' voice and heart, because I've been guessing every. You know, you you want to give me points for guessing it right. I've, I've been trying to get that manifested since day one. So, <laughs> you know. Yes, I can confirm that, but I'll, um, I, I, I want to give you all the details as soon as it's ready. Um, Fantastic. But, um, but I have to give it to you. That was a very good guess. Well, we love us some Dolan's Jones voice and heart. We always want to make sure that the Monkees fans get their recommended daily dose of Dolan's Jones voice and heart. And that's my joke, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> what we have to remember is with some of these things, they are owned by 
uh, they're owned by various companies, um, right. and I think that one is with Universal, and it's not always easy to be able to license. Uh, I tell you what, this Sony deal we've just done for these two Michael Nesmith albums that are coming out, that wasn't a walk in the park. That was extremely difficult for a small label like us to be able to license from Sony. And I've mm. been, I must have been banging on their door for uh, two or three years, and um, and finally the door opened, and I uh, I was you know I was uh, really excited about it and very proud that we can finally do something. Also because um, I just wish Michael was still here, you yes. know. And this and that's one thing I'd like to mention, and that's very important, is that both of these Nesmith releases uh, were already in the works when he passed away. And uh, so the, the idea was to be able to work with him and he would, you know, as usual, he would sell them through Video Ranch and we would interview him for the booklet and so forth. But but sadly, that wasn't to be. So it's 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 certainly not the case if anybody thinks that these are just coming out because he passed away and so forth. You know, we, we these have been underway for a very long time and they were they were being worked on before he passed. And uh, we just wish he could have been here to see them. And obviously, um uh, uh, you know, help us and, you know, give his uh, recollection of the recordings and so forth. But sadly, that wasn't to be. These were things we couldn't even whisper about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. That's that's the way it goes. You know, you and Ian recently got together. You and Ian Lee recently got together and uh, yeah, met. Did you guys at some point during this, like, just sit and go on a little journey from when this first started to where it is now and where it's going isn't it mind-blowing we kind of did that yeah no we, we kind of did i mean obviously uh ian is is very much doing his own thing now but uh, he you know we did we did reminisce and we did talk about uh you know uh various albums we put out and and people we've been you know involved with and you know just a general nice chat and nice sort of socializing, and it was great to see him again. And um, yeah, I, uh, I, 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 um, I hope he's well, and you know, it's great to be in, in contact again. Well, you know, it, it seems like only yesterday that we all were talking about coming on the show and talking about this thing called Seven A and yeah. the Balcony All Stars and uh, Keep Off the Grass, the DVD. Yes, <laughs> I mean all yeah. of those. It seems like forever ago, but it wasn't that long ago if you really think about it. No, and in fact, in one of the new releases, I, I have like a little spread. It's now it used to be one page saying yes. also also available from Seven A. It's now a spread, so Fantastic. it's like. Uh... <laughs> I used to love that. You know, that's one of the things I love about records, primarily from the '60s. I remember getting like a Beatles album, and it would have yeah. all these other acts on there, and I'm thinking, are these people as cool as the Beatles? Sadly. No, but I yeah. remember like picking things up at yard sale because this was in that thing and I wanted to have them all for some weird reason. You know what I mean? The interesting thing here, and I think very few labels or anybody have been able to do, uh, apart from Rhino, of course, where they're all kind of connected because they're all monkey orientated. Mm -hmm. With the exception uh, of Amana Coppola. Yes. And See, I'm on. I'm I'm a seven A aficionado. I even yeah. have her stuff. There's a couple of titles: Frank Sidebottom, Coppola, and uh, uh, there's a Dick Turpin, which was a big TV series here in the United Kingdom. Um, uh, but you know, that's just sort of. Uh, you mean uh, that there's a seven A release that I don't have? Yeah, there's probably going to be. A, if you haven't got the Dick Turpin single, that's one of our early releases. Oh, uh, I missed that one. 
I think we only did about 300, so that one is very rare. Thank you, Glenn, for telling me now. <laughs> and uh, in, in, not just in the UK, but in Europe, that TV series was very big in its time. And, and uh, I was a huge fan as a child. And I thought, you know, why don't we do a, like an offshoot and do a very limited release of it? Have a little fun with it, right? Something it was, it was, it was around the same time I thought, why don't we do the theme to Knight Rider as a single? And that very nearly came out in 7A as well. Wow. Um, do you know? Do you know who wrote that theme? Uh, you know, I think I do. Was it? Was it? It wasn't Mike Post. Um... No, it's, it's monkey orientated. Oh, it is. Stu Phillips. Ah. So uh, we got in touch with Stu, and and he said, I I don't own the rights anymore. It's it's um it's it's one of the majors. I can't remember which one. And we contacted them, and they said, No, we don't have the rights. We went back to Stu and he said, no, they definitely do have the rights. We went back to the major saying, no, we don't think we have it. So there was this sort of ping pong going back and forth. No, And Stu ended up getting very upset with the, the record company because um, – See what you started? Obviously, you know, he wasn't getting any royalties because they thought they didn't have the rights to his album. And so uh, – well, Somebody's end, cashing those checks, right? Somebody is. And obviously it wasn't Stu. So, I, I you know, he <laughs> – I um whatever you know I I just unfortunately that didn't happen because there was um um yeah somebody uh, nobody seemed to own it but you know we <laughs> it's quite nice sometimes to be able to do an offshoot like that well, uh, yeah you and, have and, to and, and, and do something special and you know but uh, but at the moment we are there's still so many albums to come out that are monkey related that I as a fan would love to see out again and that's what we're working towards. Fantastic. Well, you know, Glenn, you are welcome here. You you got your own chair here, and you brought a guest today on the show with you. It's it's always wonderful when you drop by. Thank you so much. You know, I don't do every episode of Zilch. Uh, Sarah and Roseanne and Christine are doing some of them, but I always take care to be here when the 7A signal goes up. Oh, well, that's very kind of you, and I really enjoy coming on here. And I, I hope with, with all this stuff coming out, I... Um, I hope there's definitely going to be uh, we're going to be talking to each other again soon. Fantastic, and not only that, but you're also welcome to uh, be on Monkey Mania Radio with me anytime you want. We can do a a, a complete episode, just the the two of us. We can do a seven a uh, dance party, and we can actually play the music. So there we go. Oh, thank you very much. And there's certainly going to be a lot more to play after this summer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 7A is bringing the summer. It is the summer of 7A, folks. So get these new re-releases, new to many people. Seriously, many people have never been able to purchase these things before due to their age or just where they lived or whatever. But also one thing about them is they've never been, you know, ever since they came out, even on RCA in the 70s, they've never been particularly well distributed. Yeah, they weren't really pushed. They weren't really pushed anywhere. And uh, now, obviously, with the Internet and social media, uh, we have an opportunity to really push the albums and advertise them in the, the sort of channels where we know the, the, the right demographic and the right people that listen, that either like the monkeys or not, not just people that like the monkeys, but also people that like that genre of music. And, um, and we've actually got a lot of new fans on the 7-8 page just because they... Um, they came across us online, and, and not because they were big monkeys fans, but they suddenly got very interested. Right, and and that's that's what we hope for. You know, we hope to uh, to have a, a wide demographic. 
And I know that there's a lot of zilchers on the Facebook page and that are listening to this show, whether it's on Twitter or wherever they're at. I know that they're big 7A supporters. We uh, we are very much into 7A at Zilch. So, Well, thank you for all your support. You got it, buddy. Uh, love what you do. Love what you bring to all of us. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad to be part of this. It's amazing that we started at the time that we did. It's When you think about it, there's everything from Monkey's Live Almanac and Cool Cherry Cream yep. and 7A and there's us. And it, it just seemed like there was this resurgence that was happening. And, you know, John Hughes, when he was at Rhino, he tapped into us and said, hey, I see yep. what you're doing. Let's let's do something together. And it, it was weird. Just like we all came together from around the globe, literally. Yeah, and that that was that was great, and I, I wish more you know more of the majors would do that that kind of thing. Um, but I know it's difficult. You know, you need a big workforce if you are going to look after every single artist in that way. But um, you know, I, I it was certainly a, a, you know John was certainly great at what he did. And Andrew respect. Sandoval. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. There's so many names, but it's just a it's been a fantastic fan movement. We have kept the the monkeys going, and we will continue to keep the monkeys going, and. Um, I'm so glad to see that people are appreciating them as individuals. Yeah, we, we want to, because a lot of people know uh, the monkeys, uh, the catalog, uh, but, but fewer people seem to know the solo catalogs and the solo recordings. And uh, that's what we really want to try and, and push to people and, and say, hang on, have you, are you aware of, and the hits just keep on coming. It's one of the greatest uh, albums of, of, of that period. Um, and, really try to open the eyes to to some of the uh, the other recordings they might not have not have heard well you know again not to put too fine a point on it but uh, i am one of the disc jockeys on monkey mania radio and one of the things that i have learned from that channel is to appreciate them as individuals but it's weird because eventually it just sounds like one large monkey album i've never heard before <laughs> yeah do you know, yeah. you've got yeah. this yeah. Nez track, you've got this yeah. Mickey track, you got a Peter track, you got a Davy track, yeah. and all of a sudden it's from such diverse things like Davy in Japan and Peter Tork and Shoe Suede Blues, Peter Tork and yep. James Lee Stanley, Nez and FNB, and Mickey and Mickey and Mickey. But uh, it all starts to sound like one Monkeys album I've never heard before. <laughs> so it's it's kind of interesting. Well, as we know, they all had busy solo careers for for many many years, and there's a lot of people that don't realize that. So that you know, it's quite nice to be able to to remind people. And it was so cool. I got the uh, Dolan Sings Nesmith EP on CD and vinyl. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, I even got one from Mickey just because I liked the way it looked to see it signed by him. So. Yeah, and I just want just want to mention on that if if anybody hasn't got the EP yet, you you should you should hurry up because it won't be available for that long. It, it's the I mean the main album Dolan Sings Nest, but is going to be obviously available in in, in print for but the EP a very, a very long time. But the EP won't, and um, it, it's likely that this will be the only pressing that we're going to do. So <clears throat> for anybody who hasn't got it, they they should really they should really look it up. Move on it now. Will that be the same for the CD as well, or just the yeah, vinyl? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, 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 any, anything to do with the EP, the CD, and the vinyl uh, is very much meant to be a, a one-off pressing. Uh, so, um, um, you know, if um, whereas the main album is going to probably be in print for for, for years to come, hopefully. Mm. So there you go, folks. You got a little heads up. 
snatch it up while you can if you want it, if you want it to be part of your collection, and it looks so pretty. But the reason I mentioned that is because when Good Times came out, it followed the same kind of release where there was that uh, the main album and then the, the four-song EP that had the bonus tracks on it, right? That's right, yeah. And it reminded me of that, and I was thinking, I was looking at that, and I go, we're still in Good Times if we want to be. Yeah, and and that was it, that was the idea. It was uh, you know trying to copy the uh, the good times EP because that was done in ten, 10 inch vinyl as well. And I I personally really liked that. As a fan, I thought that was a great release, and I thought why don't we try and do something similar? Yeah, and Mickey's on tour doing his thing, and he did that Mickey celebrates the monkeys thing, and it was almost like Good Times Two. It was like a, a very truncated version, right? It seemed like it was 2016 again. And here we are. Yeah, I. Here yeah. we are. It is the summer of seven A. So it's amazing after this many years to be able to you know still be releasing all these albums. Fantastic. Well, Glenn, I want to thank you for being here once again, and uh, you know you are welcome anytime. We are always ready to talk about whatever seven A is doing because I like it on my shelf, and I I really want to thank you for including us as part of this. Well, uh, Ken and, and the whole the whole team, thank you so much for all your support. I, you know, and and also thank you to everybody listening, who are, who are supporting Seven A. We you know we're a small label, and and um, I always say this, but we really need everybody's support to keep this going. And you know, every release sort of pays for the next. Uh, and uh, we were lucky to have a big Dolan Sings Nesmith album that have kind of paved the way for some of the releases that we're now bringing out. So it's it's very much the case that uh, one release pays for the next, and um, that's you know. So I hope we'll keep supporting us, and uh, hopefully we can keep going. Well, in the words of Michael Nesmith, I say this to the to the fans out there, the people that buy the Seven A product, the people that love the monkeys, the people that love them as solo artists, to my staff and to you and to everybody out there that's in this monkeys universe that we are. We got to keep on keeping on. Exactly. Yeah. I we look forward to all the fine releases from 7A that are coming up. 7A is bringing the summer, and we are now going to open up the microphones and introduce you all to an illustrious illustrator, Wilson McLean, into the conversation here. Glenn, tell us a little bit about Wilson McLean as we welcome him to the show. Wilson McLean painted the original cover to Tantamount to Trees in Volume 1 in 1972. It's one of my all-time favorite covers, and um, I think he's a great artist. And I recently um, heard Mark Kleiner's podcast where Wilson was on as a guest. And I thought, great, uh, you know, let me try and contact him because we got the 50th anniversary edition of Tensamount to Treason coming out. And why don't we try and do something special for it? And I thought, why don't uh, we ask Wilson if he would like to paint a new cover? And so we basically gave him the same brief as he had 50 years ago. Uh, and he would then go and, and, and try and paint the cover um, as he would have done today had it been a brand new album. And I'm, um, I'm over the moon with how it's come out, and um, I can't thank him enough. And um, I think it, it does the album justice, and it, it's great to have um, something really special on this 50th anniversary edition. Agreed 100%, and we are so glad to welcome Wilson McLean to Zilch. I'd like to welcome you to Zilch. This is your first time here. 
uh, you are amongst friends. I am a fellow artist, and uh, you and I spoke a little bit the other day, and it was nice getting to know you a little bit. Uh, you are an artist of of, of incredible uh, value as far as, as your work. It's just so wonderful. I love what you do. Thank you very much. Let's let's go back to uh, as as Glenn mentioned. This is being reissued, and we're going to talk about a lot of reissues today, and a lot of things that are going on with Seven A. But Wilson, while we have you here, let's go back to 1972 or so. How did this come to be? Did Michael contact you? Did the record company contact you? How did this all happen that you became the artist who did this album cover? Well, at that time in the 70s, I did a number of album covers for various people um, from blues to rock and roll to singers. And um, and so I had a relationship with RCA as well as other record uh, manufacturers, other companies. And uh, so I got a call one day from an art director I had worked for before with the uh, RCA, and he asked me if I'd be interested in doing the cover, and that that I don't know if the TV show was already on of the Monkees at that point. I have a feeling it was around about the same time. Yeah, it was in syndication at that point, and on it was on their second run, if you will. Okay, that was the second run, and I was not familiar with the show, but I'd heard of them obviously, mm-hmm. and so as I. You know, it, it was it was another record job for me, another cover album to do. And so it was not unusual. And so I went and met the art director at RCA uh, and um, and he he just kind of basically told me the um, the idea of the album and the idea of the cover, which was sort of the cover was basically, you know, disaster. Um, and doom and gloom and this was as you say 72 and of course things are much worse now than they ever were then Um, and I said certainly you know I'm interested and um, he basically that was the only instructions the art director gave me uh, was just telling me the theme and then uh, off I went and and worked on a sketch and then showed him the sketch and it was all okayed, and they were pleased with it. And and in those days, I worked in acrylic, so it's an acrylic piece, and it's it's much flatter than I work now, and um, has you know there's a diff- different technique to it. And I work in oils now, and I have done for a long time now. Uh, so it, you know, I produced this uh, illustration for him, and they all seemed happy. And and off we went to the races there. And for me, it was not unusual because it was another record cover that I was doing. And I, you know, I, I did record covers. I did magazine covers, book illustrations, uh, the gamut, movie posters um, um, and so on. So I had a wide range of things that I worked on and album covers was something I enjoyed doing. And basically, that's it's a simple story, you know, and that was that for this. Now, your your work has definitely stood the test of time, if you will. Were you surprised when Glenn contacted you and said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about this? Well, absolutely. Yeah, I certainly was. Um, I had um, I haven't done an album cover in many years now. 
uh, well, I suppose since they stopped doing 12 inch albums. Uh, and uh, so when Glenn called me out of the blue with this idea of, of you know, repeating the theme, only updating it, um, I was uh, very happy to do that. You know, I was pleased. It was interesting. And uh, and so we talked about it and uh, and uh, and basically it was it was it was the same uh, the th same theme uh, and everything, but uh, just just uh, so trying to keep it within that framework of the original album cover, but uh, sort of updating it somewhat. And of course, the uh, you know, we're many years later, so the technique is a little different, and the you know, it's oil instead of uh, acrylic. Well, that I mean, that, the, the idea was, and I, 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 um, I happened to hear Mark Kleiner's podcast where Wilson did an interview, um, I think one or two years ago, and um, I've always loved the original cover uh, on the album. Uh, and um, I thought uh, the opportunity came up for us to license it. I thought, well. It was the 50th anniversary of the album, and I thought, why, why you know, let's let's make it special. And um, I, I thought it would be a great idea to contact Wilson to, to ask him if he would like to do um, do a new cover for it. And the idea was for him to do it as he would do it had it been commissioned today as a brand new album. Um, and I'm really pleased with how it came out. I think it looks fantastic. And um, we, we're still sort of keeping the theme because we've still got the original cover on the inside of the gatefold sleeve and inside the CD booklet. So so people have uh, have both and can compare the two. But as Wilson said, you know, the, the whole environmental thing is a lot worse now than it was back then. And um, it kind of makes sense to, to keep the same theme. Um, so yeah, that was really the thought. That was the idea behind it. As I and I as I understand it, Wilson, there's a good chance that Nesmith didn't actually have an awful lot to do with the original cover. Because um, uh -huh. I think I think you told me it was quite normal in those days that that the art director at at the record company would 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 do the briefing and so forth. I I think it varied. Basically, most of the time, I I do believe that the and certainly my experience was that you dealt with the art director, and um, sometimes they might show it to the artist for you know final approval certainly i'm sure in yeah. some cases but perhaps not all and um uh for instance when i i i went up there to the company not i don't know if it was this one or maybe another one but uh, going up to the same art director the same company no, not the same art director. I'm sorry, it wasn't the same art director. It was a different art director. And I think it actually might have been a different company because I went up to show sketches for another album that I was working on. And when I walked into the art director's office, for instance, and this is a case where the artist was deeply involved. The art director was bent over a table of sketches uh, from another illustrator and the other person who was bent over looking at the sketches as well was Tony Bennett. And so uh, he, the art director said, Wilson, can't talk to you now. <laughs> Please leave the room, go and sit in the in, uh, outside. <laughs> and, and, I, 
and I, was, I said, okay, I was a little disappointed. I was hoping I could hang out and listen to Tony Bennett and he speak about, about the sketches they were looking at. But there was an example of the artist really being deeply involved. But I think that's a little unusual. And um, uh, so, but, but I'm sure that there were times like that where you had to have the approval of the artist. Yes. Uh, after, you know, you've done your sketch and the art director uh, has, is, has approved it, but he needs to kind of show it to a higher authority, as it were. So that, that's sort of the way it works, I think. Well, Wilson, how much direction was given to you? Like uh, the the album cover that we've come to know and love over all these years, it, it's got some themes. Would you like to talk about those and where they suggested to you? Did like how did you get to uh, focus in on what you actually created? Well, I was I was left with a totally free hand, and in most cases, uh, I would say three quarters of the cases of work that I did, I was pretty much left with a free hand, unless it was a very tight art advertising uh, uh, piece, for instance, which might, uh, you may not have quite as, as much leeway with, but but certainly with, with um, illustrations that were done for magazines and books and, and also album covers, you were pretty much left to your own devices if you had a track record. And in this case, he didn't direct me in any way other than our general conversation about the disasters of the world and oil oil spills and, you know, pollution, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and so uh, there were no sketches proffered to me as any kind of an idea that the art director had had. Uh, and so I was just left to my own devices. Um, and that's the way I always liked it. Um, so, so, so I basically gave Wilson the exact same brief 50 years later. Fantastic. And I came up through those times. I was much younger. I was probably, uh, 10, 11 years old at this point. You know what I mean? And I remember the, the, those days when we, uh, we had everything from the crying Native American on television that we all know about, right? And there was a concern about uh, our global pollution and what we were doing to the country. And we were hoping that we would get to a point where we would kind of figure out what to do. And it seems like we've paid a lot of lip service to it, but here we are. And your work is just as relevant now if not more so. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's disappointing, isn't it? Uh, I wish I hadn't had to do this second album cover from that point of view. Uh, (laughs) That it was, you know, uh, it should have been unnecessary by this time, but uh, it's not the case. Yeah. Wow. Uh, So have, have, have you had any response from Monkees fans over the years or, or Nesmith fans over the years about this? None at all. <laughs> really? No, nothing. Zero. And now here we are. Here's Mark Kleiner and Glenn Gu- and, and, and myself just knocking on your door all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, I, it's like waking from the dead, yes. <laughs> well, what is it like to have all this time? go by 50 years later you're revisiting the same theme you're now reaching a new audience again you know records well, are back un- and your and your yeah. album cover is back right 
Well, it's it's yes, and uh, it it's highly unusual. Of course, it hasn't happened before, uh, and and you know the fact that twelve inch albums are being made again, uh, to some extent at least, is is heartening, because once they shrunk it down to a CD, you know it's pretty miserable to see your work produced that size. Um, whereas a twelve inch is rather nice, and and I paint. On the average, I painted my albums two times up, you know, mm. so a 12 inch would be like a 25, just as I did for Glenn. I did, a, I think, a 25 inch square painting for him. Um, and uh, that was, you know, so I always worked in that way. Um, but to see them shrunk down to a CD is, is of course, disappointing for an artist, you know. So I like the 12 inches, of course, much better than the 5 inches or whatever it is. Yeah, there's some sort of tactical thing that goes on when you touch it. Uh, it is a piece of art unto itself, and it's still a piece of art no matter its size, but there's just something that is more gripping about the original presentation. Sure, absolutely. And in those days, and I think it's really changed because of technology and, and computers and so on. In those days, art directors would get very excited about seeing original art. And, you know, it's much bigger than it gets reproduced always, except for movie posters or mm. but even movie posters. And I, I remember, you know, many, many times, uh, going up to the offices to take a finished painting, whether it be in an advertising agency or whether it be in a magazine. And the art directors would, would kind of be, be looking forward to seeing the art. And I work on canvas. So it was like a real painting, you know, and it was a, a decent size. And they would call in other people and say, hey, look at, you know, look at this. And so it, it was very nice from that point of view and very nice for your ego from that point of view, especially if they liked it. Um, but, um, but, but nowadays, you know, it's different. And uh, 15 years ago or thereabouts when, when younger art directors and I was getting to be older, younger art directors would want me to send them the sketches or the original electronically instead of seeing an original painting, you kind of lose interest from yeah. the artist's point of view. And nobody gets excited about it. It's all very cut and dried in that way, uh, as opposed to what it used to be. Uh, and um, and that, that was a major shift. And I blame computers. <laughs> They're a great tool, but we also lose something sometimes on the backside of it, right? Whatever happened to the original art that was this cover? I think the company kept it, as far as I remember. But I, honest to God, I don't remember what happened to the original art in this case. I have some originals from those days uh, that I kept and uh, haven't sold. But this is not one of them. And, and I've racked my brains trying to think of... I, I, I do think RCA probably held on to it or the art director held on to it. Mm. And here I was hoping you'd sign it and just send it to me, you know, but <laughs> such is life. Uh, I wish I could, I wish I could <laughs> say I have it in my basement, but I don't. <laughs> 
But Wilson, it's great to see your stuff. I was looking at the new cover and I'm just blown away by it. Yeah, I think it worked out nicely. It was it was it was a pleasure to do and uh I had fun doing it and um Glenn was very easy to work with. Um and uh you know, it was it was a very a very good experience and it was just nice to get back to doing in a way what I used to do, you know. The 50th anniversary again. I mean, you're you're really you you got to do this same piece two times if you think about it that's right and that's that's i don't think uh and i don't think i've ever done that before yeah well i i, I mean i i looked at uh, you know i i obviously looked at these albums and i i've known them for you know best part of my life and i i i looked at the internet one day and i suddenly realized that uh, the album was out of print it was out of print everywhere and in every format you just you, you couldn't get a physical you could only get it digitally. There wasn't a physical format, so I thought that's that's not really right. That you know that that's not on. We should the 50th anniversary. We should make it available. We should do something special for it. And um, yeah, so I, I hope and I think people will will love it when, when they get it because we've thrown absolutely everything at it. And the initial re- response we've had to um, to the new sleeve have been mainly positive. I think we, we shocked a lot of people at, at first because they didn't expect to see a new cover on it, but I can see the, uh, the the reactions have mainly been positive, which is great. And what the thing about art is, it's not you know it's all down to the individual how they how they perceive it. And um, it's the same as when we did Dolan sings Nesmith when when he did all those Michael Nesmith um, versions of his songs. It's not to say that the new version is better than the original. It is possible to you know to like both. Mm-hmm. Or, or in the sense of the uh, Peter Tork, stranger things have happened. You know, yes. The uh, the original album is still out there. The original cover is still yeah. out there, uh, yeah. and you even are going to incorporate this cover in with the new one on the gatefold of the inside, right? So exactly, it's yeah. still yeah. there. But I know that for myself, when I'm flipping through my CDs and or albums, and I see the two different covers, I immediately can tell this is the updated one. This is the the fancy box set version, if you will. And as a, as a collector and as someone who enjoys this, I appreciate that. That That is the 7A mythos. That is the 7A credo. That is what 7A does is you guys really, you are like curators and you are expanders in that sense. Like everything you've done, it's not just been, here's the same thing reheated up, microwaved and tossed back at you. It's always something extra. Yeah, it, it, the, the the cheapest and the easiest thing in the world would have been to, to to just scan the original cover, I guess, and 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 license that and go with that. But uh, it's um, you know I don't see there's much point in that because you know you can you can get an old copy from the internet and you know that would have been pretty much obviously you. So we got a much expanded version here with bonus tracks, a new cover. Uh, a big 32-page uh, booklet. Um, so yeah, I, I we, we've thrown absolutely everything at it, and it's got uh, lyrics and session details and everything. How often do, uh, Glenn? I'm just curious. How often do do you think uh, boxed sets get done that are either reissued or or that are new? Uh, as you've just done this, it's. Uh, it's a combination, I guess. Um, is that uncommon? 
No, it, it happens all the time. Uh, oh, it does. Uh, it does happen all the time, and I, I, I think the uh, that the trick is that, that you know there are bad reissues and there are good reissues, right. and I think that mm. the, the, the the trick is to, um, you know, to make it special, and especially especially if you're going to try and celebrate a uh, an anniversary, it, it right. kind of it kind of needs to be special, doesn't it? So, yeah, uh, should be. I'm going to say the opposite thing. Uh, that, okay. that Glenn said, and there's a reason. Not every company gives a damn. Yeah. And it's just as simple as that. To a lot of people, this is just another way to, like I said, reheat it, microwave it, spin it back out. The, the people that care do things like this. So, you know, even if you look at the Beatles with like what Giles Martin is doing and, you know, like, uh, you know, we got to see a different version of Let It Be you know, recently, both uh, in on video on Disney and uh, on the box set that came out. You know what I'm saying? They could have just thrown the same thing out again, but you always get something different with people that care. And 7A is that kind of company. But it goes back to the ethos of the company, really. And this is what I, you know, I started a company with Ian Lee five or six years ago. And we always had this thing where we don't want to release something uh, unless we would actually buy it ourselves. And uh, and I wouldn't buy something unless I, you know, I made it as good as possible, uh, especially if I already owned a previous version. Why would you then buy it again? So, you know, it has to be it has to be something special. Right. But as a collector and a fan, I'm telling you that it's it's not a cash grab that, that I see it as. I see it as a way of giving me something more. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. Well, Wilson, I I really enjoyed having you here today, uh, but I just want to thank you as a fan of uh, this album and as a fan of your art as well. I mean, I've, I'm have i so glad that I met you through Glenn now and Mark Kleiner, that guy who has the same initials as me, but just backwards. Uh, but but I, I, just, I just really want to want to thank you for coming on zilch today and is there anything you'd like to say to us who are appreciating your art again for the first time now mm-hmm. first time in 50 years you mean yeah again <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of deja vu <laughs> uh, yes yes well 50 years from now we'll do it again sounds yeah. good i'm all for that, yeah, like that. let's do it <laughs> Well, it was it was it was terrific talking to you, and um, I'm wishing Glenn good luck with this album, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the finished product. I'll get it to you as soon as possible, and thank you for all your help, Wilson. I really appreciate it. Okay, Glenn, take care of both of you. All right, take thank care. you, Wilson. That was the Bye-bye. great Wilson McLean right here on Zilch. Thank all you. Right. Bye. Yes, you too. Take we'll care. Be Wilson. in touch. All right. Well, thank you very much, Glenn. We'll see you all on the next episode of Zilch, a podcast full of the monkeys. Thank you so much, Ken, and and take care. All right, brother. We will see you. Thank you. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around.